The scripture I'll be reading today is Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. And it reads, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all th- for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is beginning the firstborn from the dead, and all things he may have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through him the blood of his cross. Thank you, Josiah. Well, it's good to be back. Uh, it's still hot. It was nice to be in Washington and see kids and grandkids for a little while and uh, enjoy some cool. And uh, it does exist in other places in the earth. It's just not here. Uh, But it's coming. It will get here. And so um, we all have hope for that. After all, it is September. Uh, Just one thing to let you know, there are a number of books that are out in the foyer on the right-hand side on tables as you go out. Please take some. Uh, Those were donated by someone. They do not want them anymore, and so there are a number of of books, and might be some that uh, you'll need something to do while you're sitting at home and can't go outside. So feel free to... Go and and take some of those. I appreciate Joel and Joshua preaching for me the last couple of weeks. That's been really good. I know you guys have enjoyed that as well. And uh, so thank you guys for being able to do that. We want to talk today about what it means to hold something together. And maybe because at this time it doesn't seem like things are being held together. It seems like things are falling apart a little bit. In fact, that's one of the things that we realize as as we look at the world around us. And it isn't so much that things are terrible, it's just not the same. And I hear people talking about the fact that, well, I'll be glad when it goes back to normal. I'm not sure it's ever going to get back to normal or like it was before. And I think that's finally dawning on some people is that no matter how far we go, it's never going to be like it was before. Now, it might be better than this, so you don't all have to have masks on and, and things like that, but it's going to be a little bit different. And we see some of those differences. There's the threat of disease. There's a threat that comes from other people. And some people teach, take that threat as if people are carrying a knife and, and anybody that gets close is going to get that disease. And some people see this as if, well, it really doesn't matter. There's really nothing to it anyway. People are just panicking. And we have every variation in between and so it, it leads to a lot of tension. On top of that, there's all kinds of other tensions between political and racial and other tensions that are going on. So we see the world kind of coming apart at different places. Going to church on Sunday isn't the same. 
I mean, you can just look around and see it. So I'm glad you guys are all here, and uh, I'm glad you guys are all here at home. But uh, this isn't the same as what it was. There was a whole lot more people in here, and, and uh, we were able to do some things differently. Just being able to be around other people or eating together, we don't really do that anymore, hardly. And so just being able to order food. Well, you have to do it online, and somehow there's a way to get it where you can go pick it up, and, and uh, it works. I was actually able to get lunch one day, so uh, some of us have had to learn new tricks and, uh, so that we're able to finally eat and things like that. On top of that, we see conversations are hard, learning is different, teaching is different. As we go back to school, everything seems to be just a little bit different. Everything seems to not be the same as what it was. And so how do we do this? And there's all these things that we have to consider. What we really need is for somebody to hold all this together. Because we feel like it's fragmenting us and it's separating us. And just think about how many people that you used to see on a weekly basis that you haven't seen in months I mean, not just from different sides of the auditorium, they just haven't been here, or maybe you haven't been here. And that's one of the things that's very difficult as a church tries to meet together and tries to be people who care about each other and people who are able to understand each other that we really do know each other when we don't even see each other. And so that becomes very difficult. We need somebody who can hold things together. And so when you're trying to hold things together, what are the pieces? What are the things you're trying to hold? Well, a lot of times it's going to be things like food and water and shelter and basic survival. Okay, we can survive, but that's not really good life, is it? The fact that we can survive, and so I think there's got to be a lot more to it than that. It's not just the necessities. But now jobs are at risk, and some people have lost those, and relationships are at risk, and some people have lost those. Relationships with other people, and maybe our relationship with God becomes difficult. And it's hard to hold emotions and responsibility together in the same thing and make those even. And it may be even hard to find our purpose and our reason about things. There's three things we want to look at today that I think will make sense more as we get into our scripture. One is that creation is there, creation is real. We may think it's fallen apart, but I want you to see how Jesus holds it together. There's this concept of fullness, and then there's reconciliation. And as Paul writes to the Colossians, he's going to talk about his thankfulness for them, his joy for them. He talks about their faith, their love, the hope that he has for them, about them being friends, about them knowing Epaphras, about all the good things. But he hasn't seen them for a while. But he's heard about all the good things that are going on, and he has a prayer for their development. And so as you look at what he's doing, he talks about them being able to walk worthy and bear fruit, and then he comes to this passage. This is the encouragement. And it is basically the point that Jesus holds everything together. He has it all. He holds it all. 
And so as Joshua has read to us, he's the image of the invisible God. All things are created by him. All things are created for him. All things are created through him. And everything is held together in him. And so he talks about our physical world and about the fact that you know, we may look at it and go, well, no, it's a mess. It's falling apart. But really think about it. I mean, it's September, and even though it's 110 outside right now, you know it's going to get cooler, right? You do know that. It will be cooler at some point. We all believe that. Or else, why are we here? Uh, We're waiting for November, December, January, when we can tell everybody else we don't have to shovel anything. Uh, That's always the good time here, but you realize that there are other times where we have to go through some of this. And so we realize that there are things that happen around us, and we realize that creation is different, and we realize that, yeah, it does get better. It is on a cycle. It is not static. It isn't as if God created the world, and the weather is the weather, and it's always the same. But there are cycles that go through different things. There are summers and there are winters and there are even different seasons in Arizona. It goes from hot to hotter to hottest. Those are the seasons in Arizona. Uh, And then we start over again. And we begin to look at all those different things and look at how somebody's holding that together. And Jesus is the one holding that together. And yet we even see in his life that there were times like in the storm where he's out in the boat and there's this storm and what's Jesus doing? Well, he's asleep on the cushion. Why is he asleep on the cushion? Doesn't he know the whole world is coming apart? No, it's not. It's a little storm. But his disciples are if... Our whole world is coming apart and everything is going to sink and we're all going to be lost. Don't you care if we're saved? And Jesus gets up, wakes up finally, tells the storm to hush, asks the disciples why they're afraid. Wouldn't that be great if Jesus did with us today? Tells the virus to hush and asks us why we're afraid. He holds it all. But it's not that there isn't going to be times where we feel the risk and where we feel all of these things that are in danger, and they do endanger us. And we look at Jesus and what he does. He stops disease. He heals leprosy. He heals it one at a time, though, not on a global level, and yet he heals every single one who comes to him. And he heals blindness, and he heals the people who are lame, and he heals all the diseases that come. He's able to make bread, and yet he won't make bread for himself. He feeds the 5,000, and yet he won't make bread for himself when he's starving. He feeds the 4,000, and then it's like, well, they can feed themselves. I don't have to do that for them. And so he realizes that. And they realized that, well, okay, it was in a crisis. They'd been with him for three days. Now he needs to make bread, but that's not an all-the-time thing. We realize the reason people believed is because of his power over creation. Now, he didn't change it all, but he took their disaster in their life and said, let me fix it. 
So maybe we're at a time for the glory of God to shine through, where we realize Jesus does hold everything together, and that he's going to be able to do something with all of this. We see the intelligence of his power, and that he's able to raise Jesus from the dead, and, or raise Lazarus from the dead, and yet he doesn't raise everybody. That isn't what it's all about, at least not yet, he hasn't raised everybody. We see his power in a lot of things. We see his power in all things that are created. You have to be out where it's really, really dark to be able to see this. But it's amazing how many of those things are going on. And when you look up in the sky, you realize that, well, the stars now aren't the same place as they were back a couple of months ago. Well, it's because... The earth is spinning, right? And on top of that, the earth is rotating. And on top of that, every single planet and star in the whole galaxy is spinning and rotating and going around different suns on different axes. And he holds it all together. And our storm and our disease is just a very slight thing of what he holds together. It is so huge and so important that we realize that he is able to do all of these things. That he has the power to accomplish all of this. And yet we see what he does with this power is not to use it for himself. It's to be able to share and be able to do good and be able to proclaim God and show that God has this power over everything. I think he made the world complicated on purpose. For one, it gives us something to explore. And we get to mess with it and try and figure out how he did it. And, you know, that's always one of the kind of neat things is there's a new scientific discovery. Well, you know, he made it that way from the beginning. And we're just now discovering this. Yeah, we're still trying to just now discover how COVID can work. Well, he's already known this forever. And it's so amazing what he's able to do. It's just incredible. And not only that, but as you look at Colossians, he talks about the physical things that God holds together, and he talks about the spiritual things that God holds together. It says, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead. Then everything he might be preeminent. And in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And so he says he's head over the church, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later in another lesson as we realize how he holds everything together for the church. It's all centered around him and focused on him, and he is the one who is the one who holds all of us together. He is over death. He is preeminent above all things. He is the firstborn from the dead. He is the one who has found forgiveness or made forgiveness, actually. And then it talks about he is the fullness. The fullness of God. 
the completeness of God, not just a little bit of God, not just, well, okay, I prayed and my prayer was answered, but the whole essence and perfection of God all in one purpose, all in one person as he comes here on earth. The fullness of God is made human. The Greek is pleroma. God in his completeness of being is found in Jesus Christ. And it's just one of those amazing things that he's the fullness of God to reconcile all things to himself. And he's come as this fullness. We see the Holy Spirit coming down and he does it in such a a really cool fashion as he's baptized by John and then the Spirit comes down like a dove. And I don't know what that really looked like. I'm sure it's way better than any of the pictures that we see. And then it stayed and it remained on him and the Spirit was able to be with him and the fullness is seen through him of God on earth, of God being able to interact with his creation and God being the leader and the spiritual guide for all of us. He holds everything together because he is this fullness of God. He's the source of all things. And then we can take of his fullness because he has it all. He holds everything together by being everything that God wants and is. And what an amazing thing that is, that this fullness of God is then to give to us out of this fullness of God. And it's what allows us to be drawn to God. One of John's comments as he writes the Gospel of John in chapter 1 and verse 16 As he talks about Jesus, he says, From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. That's just incredible words about what Jesus did. Of his fullness we have all received grace upon grace and there just aren't words to describe this as to how it would happen there's it's so difficult for us to be able to understand it because we're able to know it but yet what it looks like And so he is reconciling all things to himself by his cross, by his grace, not by demanding perfection, not by saying you have to do it this way, not by making rules, but by disallowing sin and enabling grace and enabling forgiveness. And he is holding it together by allowing for mistakes, and yet he finds the bond that holds it all together by his grace. He allows for mistakes. He is perfect, and yet his grace allows him to relate to the imperfect. He can take the mess of our life and bring it to him and to his holiness and hold the mess of our life together. You can't mess it up so bad that he can't put it together and hold it together. 
Now, it isn't that there won't be storms sometimes and difficulties sometimes, but I want you to realize there's a storm on the sea in Galilee, and then there's the creator of the whole universe. And somehow, when you're looking at the whole universe, the storm on the sea in Galilee looks very, very small. You can't even see the clouds from there. And yet, when you're in the storm, in the boat that's sinking on Galilee, it feels very, very real, as if this is the whole world and it's all that matters. And what I'm asking you is to get a bigger picture. And to really see God and to understand who God is and to understand what God does. Because he is the maker of grace and of redemption and of forgiveness. It is not survival of the fittest. He is the reconciler and he does something with it. He brings us to God. The writer of Hebrews begins his book this way. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. And I think a lot of people understand that's the Bible. That's what it is. God spoke through the prophets. It's this old book that is irrelevant. But then he goes on from that statement to the next one. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed as heir of all things, through whom he has created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited that is more excellent than theirs. Wow. So, yeah, there's Old Testament prophets. And yeah, God spoke through them, but in these last days, in your days, in COVID days, he has spoken to us through his son, through whom he created the world. Same thing as Colossians. His creation speaks to it all because it's still all working. There are still going to be seasons. It is going to be cooler in Arizona. It is going to snow somewhere else and not here. Okay, and we can all count on that and depend on that and look forward to that because we know that's coming. And we know that that's going to work. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. And he is holding it all together. And I want you to realize that and I want you to know that. And then he takes the whole spiritual turn and it says, and he has made purification for our sins. A God who can hold everything physically together has sat down at the right hand of God in majesty. And he holds your life together. He is superior to everything. He is superior to angels. And we need to be allowing him to hold our life together and not panicking at our storm. So how do we hold things together when we're trying to do that? Well, we grab as much as we can, right? So whatever money you can get, you can get because of your hand. Whatever rocks you can get, well, okay, we use both hands now. Or perhaps we're gathering food or, well, okay, whatever it is. 
you realize that this is all I've got. This is all I can have. Why? Well, we need bigger hands, don't we? And God has bigger hands. Jesus has bigger hands. We would need some help. We would need somebody else to come to our rescue. It's like what the men on the boat did fishing. They, you know, were out fishing and their boat begins to sink. They call for the other boat and Jesus says, you can have this full life. You can have everything in that. It can be fulfilled. Jesus has bigger hands. He fills more than we can hold. And as we look at his life, his life works better. He is never falling apart. And especially he is never falling apart because of lack. Because he didn't have something. And yet when we look at his life, he doesn't have anything. How can he do that? He doesn't have his own house. He doesn't drive his own car. He, I guess there's money, but he gave it to the guy who's stealing from it. Uh, that doesn't seem smart either, and yet there's never a lack. And yet we look at Jesus, and his life is one of the most together lives ever. It's one of those things that's amazing. Is he is full and he can hold more and he can fill us so that our life holds together since we have more grace of God. He does everything. He keeps it all together. He is someone who cares. He is someone who believes. He is someone who loves. And in Jesus, everything holds together. He takes it as his job, as his place, as his responsibility, and he has offered it and he has promised it. In our day and time, we see a lot of people who are going, well, not my job, not my place. I don't have anything to do with that. You'll have to figure out who does that. And we have a whole lot of people who are not claiming responsibility for anything And some who don't even want to claim responsibility for their actions or for their lives or for their emotions or for anything else. And Jesus comes and he says, no, it is my job, it is my place, and I will claim responsibility for it so that every person who comes to me can have this fullness of God, can have this grace upon grace. And we see Jesus as he comes and as he lays down his life as a creator as the holder, as the fullness of God, as the reconciliation of the world. And so there's three important things. Creation will hold together. There will still be gravity when you walk out of this building. You won't have to worry about flying off into space somewhere. Your car will stay on the road as long as you steer it right. There will be things that continue because Jesus holds it all together. And he will hold your life together. And there is a fullness and a completion that he gives to each one of us. And so I want you to look around at creation and realize God has all of that. And I want you to look inside to find this fullness that he has promised us and to realize this inside thing that he is able to do with his grace upon grace as he relates to us. And I want you to understand and feel this reconciliation to God as God is the one who has us and be able to trust him.
and realize he makes peace by the blood of his cross. And so maybe today, I hope you have all of these things. If you don't, let's fix it. Let's make sure this reconciliation that comes back to God is through our obedience to him, through our following him, through our repentance and baptism and discipleship as we follow exactly what Jesus wants us to do. And so what do I want you to do from this lesson? That's always the toughest part of the sermon, just so you know. I want you to be able to say Jesus holds it all together. I want you to say that to yourself. You might need to say it a lot because you may not be feeling that right now. I want you to tell other people Jesus holds it all together. Send them an email, a text, write to them, say it out loud to them. When they start complaining about life, when they start complaining about who didn't do what, it's Jesus holds it all together. I want you to be able to pray that we are able to hold together. And so it becomes part of your prayer, and it's a way in which we can show the world that God holds it all together. It's an amazing thing that he's been able to do. And so I want you to take that truth and make it part of your life, that you are the example of God holding it all together. And it all comes because we come to him. And he's there to meet us. And we come on bended knee.